This is John Bailey. Keep listening to Love That VoiceOver. Love That VoiceOver brings you full-length interviews, sometimes love bites, little quickies. Always the fresh perspective of personalities inside the industry about the art and artistry behind the mic. Brought to you by voiceover artist Rebecca Michaels-Haw, also known as Love That Rebecca. Dave Fenoy here, and yep, me too, Love That Rebecca. All right, so I want to welcome Mr. Roger King, president of PN Agency and Ethnic Voice Talent from Toronto, Canada. Welcome, Mr. King. Thank you, Rebecca. I uh, I feel like there should be a standing ovation with that enthusiastic uh, opening, but uh, you didn't hear it. No, swear to you. God, there was one. It was. It was I there. Was, okay. <laughs> it came so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give a little bit of a brief bio, and you can correct anything that I say is wrong. Um, sure. Mr. King is the president of PN Agency, which provides voiceover talent to radio, TV, film, multimedia, and animation industries. Founded in 1991. Also, in 2004, he launched a sister agency, Ethnic Voice Talent, EVT, and now represents over 100 voiceover talents and translators in more than 15 different languages. And Roger also blogs about the Canadian voiceover industry from the perspective of a talent agent, which there aren't a lot of you out there doing that. So I'm so excited. That's, in fact, how I found out about Roger and, and connected with him. Um, you can find that blog at www.voiceovercanada.ca. And uh, Roger, your agency is pnagency.com. Is that right? Correct. Everything was correct so far. I had nothing to uh, nothing to change. I wouldn't awesome. change a word of it. PN Agency is it stands for Performance Network Agency. It's the oldest non-union voiceover talent agency in Canada, and you only represent Toronto and Montreal-based voiceover talent. But if your clients are outside of them, you will work with clients from all over the world. If I understand that correctly. Okay, cool. One other way that I want to let people know, they can connect with you on your website, uh, the two that I mentioned, plus on Twitter? Correct. Uh, At at VoiceOver Canada. Okay. The moniker on Twitter, at VoiceOver Canada. And it's got a lovely old-fashioned microphone with a Canadian flag sticking out of it. It's really cool. Exactly. (laughs) You can't miss it. You can't miss it. Well, I want to take you back in time. Think back to the moment when you first realized that being a talent agent was your gig. <laughs> um, well, I, I started off as a voice talent, and uh, I was actually on the roster of PN Agency. So I'm, and I still do voice work. So I'm kind of like the equivalent of a player manager in baseball or you know football. Awesome. Or whatever. Uh, yeah, exactly. I represent the talent, and I am one. Awesome. Which, um, yeah, which I think actually. Uh, talents appreciate because I'm there's some people that get into being an agent and they've never really been on the other side of it and as a talent and, and there's kind of so a wall always, there and at least yeah, yours is exactly. transparent. they don't always appreciate uh, certain concerns or uh, you know the way things should be approached so uh, I try to bring that you know experience to the, to the table when as an agent I'm, I'm always thinking like the talent and um, I don't know if you saw on the blog but I've, I've mentioned it several times that the PN agency motto is uh, I work for talents not clients um, because uh, I think a lot of talent agents uh, sort of forget who they're working for. <laughs> you know, the, it's, it's sort of confusing because, of course, it's the, it's the clients, right. the people who are hiring the voices who send the checks, 
Well, yeah, um, what, and think about the Hollywood stereotype: the agent is the power person. You know, the client, right. the talent is the low. You know, I know, but it's actually the, but it's so weird because the talent is actually hiring the agent. You know, we work on commission, so we're basically getting paid commission by you, the talents, uh, to get you work. And so we are working for you, even though the money is coming from the people hiring. So point being that I've I've found some agents always seem to take the side of the client, you know, and try to either talk the talents into doing things for less money or accepting terms that are maybe a little uh, debatable or sketchy. Um, Interesting. So I always, being being a talent myself, uh, I'm always thinking, no, no, I'm, I'm representing the talent. I'm representing the talent. Now, sometimes it may be the case that the client is right and the talent is wrong, but um, but usually our, you our, try motto, to balance our other that. motto applies, which is the client is not always right. Um, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank God somebody sees not. it that way. <laughs> um, but anyway, in terms of your question, when did I first? So I was, I was a, a talent on this agency, um, PN agency, uh, started by another guy, and he was my agent. And then he decided um, that he didn't want to do it anymore. He'd lost the fire. So he came to me late in 2001 and said, would you have any interest in potentially taking over this talent agency and and buying it from me? And I really did not take a long time to think about it because, um, you know, I was a bit of a hustler trying to get my own work and always trying to get my own work. And I, you know, had a database of producers and ad agencies and recording studios that used me as a talent or at least had my demo and promised uh, to use me at some point. So I would sort of keep in touch with them, not obnoxiously, but every every few months, you know, I would drop. As a good a entrepreneur line. does. Yes, exactly. And so um, yeah. I had this whole spreadsheet of clients and I was thinking to myself, are you kidding? This If I take on this agency now, when I call them, uh, used to be if they didn't want my voice, that was the end of the conversation. Now, when I call them, as long as they want one of these 50 voices or whatever it was at the time, right. I make money. And I thought, this is great. I can offer yeah. them so much more. Um, so we worked out a deal, and um, I uh, bought the agency from him. Uh, in, uh, I took over in February of 2002, so I guess we're looking at, what's that been, 11 years, 11 and a half yeah. years now. Yeah, so it sounds like it was a really natural transition for you, as well as really good timing for you. So so that's just really a, an opportunity that was put in your lap, and you said, I see you, I take you. <laughs> I grabbed it, I grabbed it. Yeah. Car- carpe diem or something like that, I don't know. Right, um, no, exactly. I did, I did, I thought it was, um, uh, uh, you know, I could see the opportunity, um, and uh, I really didn't have any great vision for the agency, but I, I, I could just you know, sense that I was, I was getting something that, that was workable. And I knew right away I had to, um, you know, add some more talents, uh, because I'm in Canada, of course, they, they do a lot of work in French here, which is the you know second language sure. here, sort of like how Spanish is in the U S. And, um, so the French roster, when I took over was one guy and one woman who didn't know she was on the roster. Oh so, my gosh. So I, I knew, you know, for example, okay, I've got to get out there and find some French talents, but um, you know, I had some friends who were in the business who didn't have agents or were changing agents or whatever. So it was like an opportunity right away to bring some other people in that I knew and that were good voices. And, uh, you know, I was pretty excited about it right out of the get-go and, and to be able to, as I said, you know, sort of half jokingly before, but yeah, to be able to make the same phone calls to some of the same people in the industry and, and now offer them more than just my voice was uh, right. yeah, a great opportunity as far as I was concerned. We'll take a real quick break and be right back. Hey, this is Rebecca. I just wanted to let you know, to make your life more convenient, 
you can plug in through iTunes to love that voiceover. Just do your subscription by going on to the iTunes store, doing a search on Love That Voiceover, and then subscribing via iTunes so that you can download it anytime you like. And you can be updated constantly. So subscribe. iTunes. Love That Voiceover. All right, let's jump back in. Well, as an agent, of course, I get approached all the time by talents and, uh, you know, you know, the approach, it's not just about, oh, the demo, if the demo's good, doesn't matter. Um, the approach can tell you a lot about uh, the type of person you, you might be dealing with. And I've said no to people <clears throat> who send perfectly good demos because I've just detected, you know, the extra chromosome or something early on. Um, I mean, as an example, this, this woman um, was fairly persistent about wanting me to represent her. Um, she would call, well, she wouldn't leave a message very often, but she called quite a bit, apparently unaware of a little thing called call display. Um, <laughs> so I would be like, I'd step out for lunch and I'd look and I'd see, you know, four missed calls or something and it's all her and it's, you know, and then I'm back at my desk for 20 minutes and it rings again and it's her and it's just, I'm not, I'm like literally not answering it because I find it like over the top. Um, right. And you know, so she would probably tell someone, oh, I'm just being persistent. And it's like, there's a fine line between persistent and, you know. A, stalker. A, a, yeah, stalker slash felony. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I mean, that's sort of an or obvious Or just thing, annoying, yeah, like, you know, yeah, really exactly. just and, and annoying. Yeah, or people, you know, they, they think they're being clever and, you know, they, they send you some, you know, either seven different MP3s with all these wacky characters and, um it's we talked before the break about brevity, you know, and right. um, I think if you're approaching an agent, it's like, you know, just let's give me the bullet points. Tell me what your experience is and maybe a couple of interesting things about yourself and um, throw in a throw in a joke or two and then and, and send the demo and just I just leave it at that. Like, let your let your work stand for itself. Give us a little information, you know, but it's like, you know, the people you meet at the. Uh, um, at the bus stop, you know, who tells you about your whole your whole life story? You're, 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 those people are ten, you, you tend to recoil from them, you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so and, you know, I, Twitter's interesting this way too, you know, now because uh, you see people that are just or Facebook, you know, that are just um, vomiting it out like constantly, you know. Right. And you just right. want to say, you know, calm down and uh, be a little more selective in the information you put out there and and your approach, and you're probably going to do better. Probably. That's great advice. You know, and you hear it all the time. But from this angle, it's kind of a new perspective on on some of that same good advice about social media, too, as well as, uh, you know, it's really nice to hear about the the not being a stalker part. But, you know, humorously, I say that in all honesty, I mean it because I think people don't know what to do. And sometimes maybe they do that and they aren't even realizing the error that they're making. You know, so this could be a golden nugget for somebody out there who thought, oh, my God, I totally was an idiot and forgot about call caller ID. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know what? It works on the other end of the spectrum, too. There's some people that don't even like they'll send an email. They don't even put a subject title, you know, um, oh, and, yeah, or anything. And it's just like, uh, you know, de- or they might put just demo to listen or whatever in it. Um, or they, you know, they send it to five agents at once. 
you know, and they let you know that because it's yeah. all in the they don't do a blind copy or whatever. But right, that's not yeah. even necessary. You can do a little bit of a, a individualized approach when you're talking about uh, requesting an agent to work with you. Um, this is the difficulty we talked earlier about that whole balance of you know who the power play between talent and agent, the Hollywood stereotype, and and even now you know we can see that you know an agent is a commodity. You know, and there are a lot more talents than there are agents, and agents work with more than one talent. You don't find one-on-one relationship representation. So it's an interesting mix, and there's a huge influx. You know, I've talked with many people uh, about the industry changes and the influx of new people to be voiceover talent in the last five years, as well as maybe some differences between Canada and the other parts of the world, if because of the fact that you only represent either Toronto or Montreal-based talent. Yeah, sure. So we'll, we'll, there's two things there. So we'll, I'll, I'll deal with the like sort of the industry changing thing um, uh, first, and then and then we can get into uh, sort of the model that I'm doing with the agency. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, with all the pay-to-play sites, like Voice One, Two, Three, and Voices.com, and everything, um, you know, you've got a lot of talents out there, a lot more choice for clients who are casting voices. Um, and people with home studios because technology has become extremely affordable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, obviously it's it's also, there's a glut of, you know, it's watered down the talent a little bit because everybody's brother thinks, you know, with a microphone in the bathroom, I can, you know, be a voice exactly. talent. Um, so yeah, on the one hand, it's interesting. I'm, I, I'm seeing uh, a lot more quality demos, probably because of what you spoke of. You know, there's, the technology is there, and a lot more people are aware of it and what, what needs to be done to get into the industry. So, used to be I would get maybe you know 50 demos, and you know 10 or 15 of them would be even worth considering uh, at the most. Um, right. That was maybe six or seven years ago. Now I get I get 100 demos, and you know maybe about 30 or 40 of them are quality. Um, and maybe another 20 of them are at least well-produced. You know, the, I can tell the voice talent doesn't have enough experience or whatever, but, um, you know, I'm not, uh, because people can, you know, do things more cheaply, I'm, I'm getting uh, more quality, which seems like it's counterintuitive, but uh, it's just that a lot of people are out there doing this. So on the other hand, I am getting a lot of those bathroom mics thing, or bathroom microphone things too. I see. And, and I'm, we're getting a lot of people who, uh, this is probably my number one pet peeve. It's it, that they don't um, think they really need to get a lot of training because, of course, I can talk. So can I just do voice work? Yeah. Um, so they call up and say, "How do I get into this business?" And then I start to say, "Well, you need to start by getting some training, taking a voice workshop, whatever." And then you know, it's it's the proverbial like, "Really? Yeah, no, you know, yes, actually, do you go down to open mic night and just you know stand up and it? do comedy? And yeah, or, or yeah, pick pick up the guitar, having never you know, uh, like having never played it before." So it's it's a it's a little annoying that way. There's I get more people contacting me, um, but there there are a lot more people doing it that are quality voices. And it used to be even that even people in radio, um, not as many of them even thought about voice work for some reason. I remember having a, a woman who was on the morning show for a major Toronto radio station for five or six years contact me and, you know, say, I'd, I'd like to get into voice work. And I thought, I'm like, you, you should, <laughs> you're like on yeah. morning radio in a major city. Um, so it's funny that, that, that people like that, but now I think, you know, radio people are obviously realizing, Hey, you know what? Um, I should be doing voice work, not just for the radio station that I work for, but other things. Um, 
Right, so, right. You know, we're, I'm just getting approached a lot more. And, you know, the blog that you mentioned earlier, voiceovercanada.ca, uh, you know, I decided to to do it uh, to kind of um, write about these some of these these uh, topics that we're, we're discussing from the perspective of a talent agent. And as you said earlier, I don't think there's many agents kind of doing that. Um, so well, I guess know, it stands out. And, and so I, I try to put little, little nuggets, as you would say, on there uh, about the industry and about what agents and, and people who hire voices are potentially looking for. Um, so there's a, there's a lot more information than there was maybe when I started out, obviously. Um, to address your... So why the, cho- yeah, why the choice of Toronto and Montreal-based talent only, considering the fact that technology has mm, changed the landscape so much? Well, it, it goes back to uh, kind of what we touched on earlier about the relationship um, between the, the agent and the, and the talent. I, I basically want to know who I'm representing. Um, like literally be able to sit down with them over, you know, cocktails, several of them. Oh. Um, to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to see how they behave when they get drunk. Exactly. <laughs> Are they and foolish? If they'll the, and if they'll pick up Do the they tap. just go to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Do they get um, angry? <laughs> <laughs> well, you learn a lot about the person after two drinks. Um, so, uh, no, I am. Um, but I do like to sit down. You know, I never take anyone on without meeting them. Um, you know, so we'll. We'll go for you know coffee at the at the very least, or or a meal, or as I said, you know several drinks, and um, uh, you know I when I took over the agency, you know it it wasn't quite at the stage where agents were repping people from other parts of of the world the way they do now. So right. I you know we had a and we've always had clients outside of Toronto. I mean it's not you know as you say you can hire a voice from anywhere. So it's not that we're only concentrating on the Toronto market, but the, but the bulk of our our client base is here, and there's still enough of them that love the talents to be in person, in the studio, face to face. Them directing them, ordering sushi, you know, uh, with the client, with their clients there, and making all that it an thing. experience rather than uh, an exchange. <laughs> exactly, and I, I just personally don't. Um, I didn't take over the agency and think, you know, I just want to send a bunch of MP3s back and forth, and so I know a lot of agent, voice agents that, maybe not a lot, but a, a few that. Um, you know, they write people from all over and that's all they're doing is just sort of sending uh, MP3s back and forth and, and you send it files and uh, Dropbox, you know, links and, and right. that's all, all it is, right? Whereas we know all the people we represent. Um, we know a lot of the clients. Uh, I mean, there's some clients we've dealt with just over email we've never met. But, you know, there's a lot of people in town. I've been doing VO in Toronto now for, you know, whatever it is, 25 years. And um, so I know the studios and I know the production companies. And so we have a relationship. And uh, so that was sort of the model. And I, I'm really curious to see if my uh, – model will work and that's why we launched the Montreal roster last summer was let's do this in another city and Montreal's close enough that um, my colleague here in the Toronto office can run it and we just go to Montreal you know a few times a year and say hi to folks and stuff but um, we are trying this sort of model out where we rep talents in in a given city of a decent size and then we go after a client base that is largely in that city um, and you know I've been told by several towns that there's you know, there's a number of cities that don't really have a dedicated voice agent. You know, you have talent agencies that, you know, hire, that have someone doing voice, but they don't, they don't focus exclusively on voice. They right. do on camera, they do theater or whatever. So right. I'm, I'm always, uh, this might be of interest to uh, people listening that, that I, you know, I'm always looking for um, other cities that may uh, be just right for us, you know, to come in and, 
have someone on the ground there, but we'd oversee it and and represent talents in the city and go after a, a client base that is largely in that city, as well as elsewhere. But you, you get what I'm saying. I do, uh, and, I do, and, and it's, sort and it's of fascinating. To the yeah. technology, you, you know, you're at most agents are expanding, and, I, and the way I'm doing it is sort of counterintuitive. But it's all about getting to know them and and representing them properly in the market that they live in. Well, and it's interesting because technology does one thing, but there is still a human approach and there is still a, a need for people to have a connection and have a sense of fulfillment from those connections. And sometimes if they're empty connections, they're less meaningful. And so maybe there's something to your business model in that way. Yeah, well, and, and I, I know people that have five agents, you know, they're here in Toronto, but they have one in Atlanta and one in L.A. and another in New York. And they've never met any of them. It's just an email relationship. And, I, you know, we, we're just doing something different where we're, we're more like, I guess, you know, we'd be sort of like managers. You know, you're, you're, you're from L.A., you know all about, the, you know, the managers and the agents and all that stuff. We're, we're more yep. like voice managers. You know, we really get to know you, what your skills are, work with you on your demos, updating demos, all that sort of thing. So well, back in the day when... Yeah. Well, I'm back in the day when I started voiceover 2001. My first agent was in San Francisco. And uh, and to this day, Mary Tonry, Tonry Talent, she uh, doesn't accept people that aren't um, able to come into her office. Oh, well, so, that's cool. so she's in the same. So uh, she's still in that same that. league. So I understand that mindset. And um, what you're talking, though, is about kind of creating a franchise approach in a way. Yeah. And um, and so you're talking about it using technology, but also keeping in mind what it takes to um, create relationships. And that's something that perhaps like, let's just give another example. It's not an agency, but pay to play isn't right. really creating relationships. And um, and so it's all a, a unique opportunity for lots of people with different let's say, perspectives and business models out there. We're going to take another quick break. This is fantastic, Roger. Thank you so much. I'm enjoying it thoroughly, Rebecca. Thanks for listening, you sexy, beautiful, adorable person. Lots of love to you. Until next time, take care.